legislation onto the House floor to start fixing the problems with our elections, to restore integrity to the election process, which has been lost by so many millions of Americans. And we had a vote. Every single Republican voted to reform the process. Every single Democrat voted against it. They don't want to fix this problem. But the Constitution is our guide. And it's time we start following the Constitution. It's time we get back to what our founding fathers said is the process for selecting electors. That's the legislatures. In public view, not behind closed doors, not smoke-filled rooms, not bullying somebody that might give you a better ruling. Let's get back to rule of law and follow the Constitution, Madam Speaker. And I yield back the balance of my time. Gentlemen's time has expired. For what purpose does the gentlewoman For what purpose does the gentlewoman from California seek recognition? To strike the last word. Without objection, the gentlewoman is recognized for Madam five Speaker, minutes. Madam Speaker, this day marks a crossroads for American democracy. Those who object to the counting of the Electoral College votes, which reflect the votes of the American people, wants to want to substitute their preferences for the voters' choice. That's not what our Constitution requires, and it's at odds with the American Democratic Republic. If Congress selects the next president instead of American voters, we'll have no need for an electoral college. In fact, we'd have no need for presidential elections at all. We'd be moving from a government elected by the people to a government selected by those already governing. That's not America. In the United States, we abide by the choices of the people, not an elite few. The framers of our Constitution considered whether to have Congress select the president and specifically rejected it. Instead, they wrote Article II and the 12th Amendment. <clears throat> Article II creates the Electoral College, where each state appoints electors. Laws of all 50 states and D.C. require electors to vote for the winner of the state's popular election. Each state provides for the orderly conduct of elections, including lawful challenges, recounts, and the like. The 12th Amendment is what brings us to today. It says the electors meet in their states. That happened December 14th. The amendment says the electors shall cast their votes, sign and certify them, transmit them to a seal. That's been done. The sealed envelopes containing the signed, certified ballots from each state's electors, reflecting the votes of the people, were in those mahogany boxes. The 12th Amendment directs the president, as the uh, vice president, as the president of the Senate, to do only this. Open the sealed envelopes, and then the vote shall be counted. Simple. It doesn't say counted in a manner that some members... Who voted for this monster truck? No. The votes are simply to be counted as certified and transmitted by the states. During Reconstruction after the Civil War, more than one slate of electors were appointed by states. Dueling lists were sent and protracted processes were undertaken in presidential elections. And as a result, to make an orderly process, Congress enacted the Electoral Count Act of 1887. This law governs our proceedings today. The act provides dispute resolution mechanisms. She just she just, she just she just contradicted herself. She just contradicted herself. She just made a case for the fact that Congress shouldn't be picking the president 
But that's exactly what the Electoral Act does. It takes the power out of the hands of the state legislatures and puts it in the hands of the of Congress. She just, she already contradicted herself. ...conducted in modern history. Challenges were resolved by lawful recounts and audits. The result, Vice President Biden won the 2020 election. Lies. More than 60 lawsuits were filed <clears throat> contesting elements of the election process. None of these lawsuits prevailed. Why? As even President Trump's own judicial appointees ruled, there was no evidence of any wrongdoing that would change the outcome. The people spoke. Shout out to Brenda W. Election. Shout out to Ray Clemens. Biden in 2020 was larger than Trump's margin in 2016. Shout out to Katz. In fact, the Biden victory is one of the most decisive in modern times, exceeding the margin enjoyed by Reagan when he defeated Carter in 1980. Congress has gathered in joint session to... Is, is this supposed to be a compelling argument? This is weak. I understand the disappointment people feel when their candidate for president loses. I've felt the same several times in my voting life. When that happens, it's not an invitation to upend the Constitution and the laws of the United States. It's an invitation... Listen to, to this contradictory crap. You didn't even follow the Constitution to get your votes. In that spirit, I urge my colleagues to uphold the American democracy and reject the objection, and I yield back the balance of my time. For what purpose does the gentleman from Ohio seek recognition? God, I can't stand her. For what purpose does the gentleman from Ohio Americans instinctively know there was something wrong with this election. During the campaign, Vice President Biden would do an event and get 50 people at the event. President Trump at just one rally gets 50,000 people. President Trump increases vote with African Americans, increases vote with Hispanic Americans, won 19 of 20 bellwether counties, won Ohio by eight, Iowa by eight, and Florida by three. Got 11 million more votes than he did in 2016, and House Republicans won 27 of 27 toss-up races. But somehow, the guy who never left his house wins the election? 80 million Americans, 80 million of our fellow citizens, Republicans and Democrats have doubts about this election. And 60 million people, 60 million Americans think it was stolen. But Democrats say, no problem, no worries, everything's fine. We asked for an investigation. We asked Chairman Nadler, Chairwoman Maloney for an investigation, they said no. Wouldn't want to investigate something that half the electorate has doubts about. It's just the presidency of the United States. Why? Why not one single investigation? Why not even one single hearing over the last nine weeks in the United States House of Representatives? Why? Because all the Democrats care about is making sure President Trump isn't president. For four and a half years, that's all they've cared about. July 31st, 2016, before he was elected the first time, Jim Comey's FBI takes out the... Shout out to Malika. SKC said AM, they are also playing the meeting inside the Senate room right now. Mitch is talking right now while Pence hosts the meeting. Mitch is making his pitch for Biden. Yeah, I, I don't want to hear that. And $40 million of taxpayer money for nothing. December 18th, 2019. Democrats, House members... <laughs> vote to impeach President Trump. 
based on an anonymous whistleblower with no firsthand knowledge who was biased against the president and who worked for Joe Biden. But none of that worked. As hard as they tried, none of that worked. They threw everything they had at him. So what did they do next? They changed the rules. They changed the election law, and they did it in an unconstitutional fashion. And that's what we're going to show over the next several hours of debate. The Constitution is clear as, as uh, Whip Scalise just said. State legislatures and only state legislatures set election law. In Arizona, the law says voter registration ends on October 5th. Democrats said, we don't care what the law says. They went to a court, got an Obama-appointed judge to extend it 18 days. No debate, as Steve talked about. No debate, no discussion, he just did it. Pennsylvania, same thing. Pennsylvania law says mail-in ballots have to be in by 8 p.m. Election Day. Democrat Supreme Court said, nope, we're going to extend it. Election Day doesn't end on Tuesday now. They took it to Friday. Extended the election three days. Not the legislature. Partisan Supreme Court. Pennsylvania law says mail-in ballots require signature verification. Democrat Secretary of State says, nope, I'm going to decide by myself that it doesn't for 2.6 million ballots. Pennsylvania law says mail-in ballots can't be processed until election day. Some counties said no. And you can imagine which counties they were. Democrat-run counties said no and allowed ballots to be cured and fixed before election day. They did an in-run around the Constitution in every state that Republicans will object to today. Every single one. It was a pattern. It was their template. They did it in Arizona. They did it in Georgia. They did it in Michigan. They did it in Pennsylvania. They did it in Nevada. They did it in Wisconsin. And yet some of our members, some members say, don't worry about it. We shouldn't do anything. Just let it go. It was just six states who violated the Constitution. What if it's 10 states next time? What if it's 15 what if in 2024, 2028, it's 26 states? What if it's half the states do an end run around the Constitution clearly spells out? We, we are the final check and balance. The authority rests with us, the United States Congress, the body closest to the American people, right where the founders wanted it. Our duty is we to do our to duty. We should object to and, 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 and vote for this objection to the Arizona electors. Madam Chair, I yield back. Thank you. Purpose, does the gentleman from California seek recognition? Madam Speaker, I rise in opposition to the objection. The gentleman is recognized without objection for five minutes. Madam Speaker, a little more than two months ago, America performed an extraordinary feat. Under some of the most trying circumstances in our history, our fellow citizens conducted a free and fair election, vindicating our founders' belief once again that we were capable of self-government and a peaceful transition of power. On November 3rd, the American people chose- This is what happens when you get two sets of liars in the room. This is what happens. This is what happens when the, the vast majority of your public officials used to be lawyers. This, this is the type of foolishness that happens. 
When the conduct of any state election was challenged, the courts, through judges appointed by Democrats and those appointed by Republicans, heard unsubstantiated claims of fraud, found they had no merit, and said so. But most important, the American people persevered. In the midst of the worst pandemic in a century, America had one of the most impressive elections in a century with historic voter turnout. Our fellow citizens did their civic duty. The question we face today is will we do ours? That we are here with a substantial number of our members seeking to overturn an election is remarkable, tragic, and all too predictable. Shout out to Derek, he says salute big bro. Motion months ago with a myth. For weeks and weeks before, during, and after our election, a dangerous falsehood was propagated that our election would be marred by massive fraud. Never mind, it was the same election which brought the very men and women to this chamber who would challenge its results. What value has consistency when measured against ambition? A former senator from Georgia, remarking on a contested election over a century ago, said that, Able men, learned men, distinguished men, great men in the eyes of the nation seemed intent only on accomplishing a party triumph. Yeah, that's enough of his ass. By the courts, many times, many times over. We're here to watch the current vice president open envelopes and receive the news of a verdict that has already been rendered. It is a solemn and august occasion, no doubt but it is a formality. The Congress does not determine the outcome of elections, the people do. The Congress is not endowed with the power to administer elections, our states are given that power. By the end of the proceedings today, it will be confirmed once again, something that is well known and well settled. The American people elected Joe Biden and Kamala Harris to be the next president Bullshit. and vice president of the United States. See, this is what's so goofy to me. How can they sit up there and say what the people wanted when you got countless people? In the minority, they will lose. They know that. They have no evidence of widespread voter fraud upon which to base their objections. That's because there is none. There is none, not brought before any of the courts, successfully. They know that see how he threw successfully in there? ...have suffered the defeat, a defeat in, in court after court across the country, losing no fewer than 62 legal challenges. And I might add many Republican-appointed judges, some appointed by President Trump, rendered those decisions. They know, you all know, that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are going to be sworn in as president and vice president of the United States on January 20th. But they are going to object to the counting of the vote anyway. And in the process, they will embarrass themselves, they will embarrass their party, Worst of all, they will embarrass their country.
This insurrection was fortunately discouraged by the leadership of the majority party. Shout out to Tim, but appreciate you. Quelled. It is a very sad comment on our times that merely accepting the results of an election is considered an act of political courage. Sadder and more dangerous still is the fact that an element of the Republican Party believes their political viability hinges on the endorsement of an attempted coup. Mm, mm, mm. That anyone, much less an elected official, would be willing to tarnish our democracy in order to burnish their personal political fortunes. Over the course of the afternoon, and however far into the evening this band of Republican objectors wants to take us, senators of goodwill from both sides of the aisle will explain why these challenges must be dismissed. The senators from states whose electoral votes are being challenged will explain how the allegations of fraud are baseless. And a substantial bipartisan majority must vote to put down these objections and defend the sanctity of our elections and indeed, and indeed, our great and grand democracy. Because that's what we're talking about today. The health of our democracy. This wonderful, beautiful, grand democracy where the peaceful passing of the torch is extolled by school children in the second grade but not by some here. We're also taught not to cheat As in the second grade, you bastard. Half of our voters are being conditioned by the outgoing president to believe that when his party loses an election, the results must not be legitimate. As we speak, the eyes of the world are on this chamber questioning whether America is still the shining example of democracy, the shining city on the hill. What message we send today? What message will we send today? You're bought and paid for by China. That's your message. world that has so looked up to us for centuries. What message will we send to fledgling democracies who study our constitution, mirror our laws and traditions, in the hopes that they too can build a country ruled by the consent of the governed. What message will we send to those countries where democratic values are under assault and look to us to see if those values are still worth fighting for? What message will we send to every dark corner of the world where human rights are betrayed, elections are stolen, human dignity denied what will we show those people will we show those people that there's a better way to ensure liberty and opportunity of humankind man hurry up with this weak Sadly, argument a small band of republican objectors may darken the view of our democracy today but a larger group of senators and House members from both sides of the aisle can send a message to. You're repeating yourself. The democr that democracy beats deep in the hearts of our citizens and our elected representatives. 
that we are a country. Man, hurry up. Your words lack the courage of your of your conviction, bro. We can tell you're full of it. That facts matter. That truth matters. That while democracy allows free speech and free expression, even if that expression is anti-democratic, there will always, always be, praise God, a far broader and stronger coalition ready to push back and defend everything we hold dear. We can send that message today by voting in large and overwhelming numbers to defeat these objections. My colleagues, we each swore an oath just three days ago that we would defend and support the Constitution of the United States <laughs> against all enemies, foreign and domestic, <laughs> that we would bear true faith and allegiance to the same. We swore that- How are you defending the Constitution by upholding votes that were gotten without the Constitution? This is goofy. This, this is so goofy. We were about to enter, so help us God. The precise words of that oath were shortly written after the Civil War, when the idea of true faith and allegiance to this country and its Constitution took on enormous meaning. Let those words, let those words ring in the ears of every senator today. Let us do our duty to support, to support and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help us God. Now sit your goofy ass down, man. Majority Leader. I yield up to five minutes to the Senator from Texas, Senator Cruz. Yeah, here we go. This is what I was waiting for. Mr. President. Senator. We gathered together at a moment of great division, at a moment of great passion. We have seen and no doubt will continue to see a great deal of moralizing from both sides of the aisle. But I would urge to both sides perhaps a bit less certitude and a bit more recognition that we are gathered at a time when democracy is in crisis. Recent polling shows that 39% of Americans believe the election that just occurred, quote, was rigged. You may not agree with that assessment, but it is nonetheless a reality for nearly half the country. I would note it is not just Republicans who believe that. 31% of independents agree with that statement. 17% of Democrats believe the election was rigged. Even if you do not share that conviction, it is the responsibility, I believe, of this office to acknowledge that is a profound threat to this country and to the legitimacy of any administrations that will come in the future. I want to take a moment to speak to my Democratic colleagues. I understand. Your guy is winning right now. If Democrats vote as a block, Joe Biden will almost certainly be certified as the next president of the United States. 
I want to speak to the Republicans who are considering voting against these objections. I understand your concerns, but I urge you to pause and think. What does it say to the nearly half the country that believes this election was rigged if we vote not even to consider the claims of illegality and fraud in this election? And I believe there's a better way. The leaders just spoke about setting aside the election. Let me be clear, I am not arguing for setting aside the result of this election. All of us are faced with two choices, both of which are lousy. One choice is vote against the objection. And tens of millions of Americans will see a vote against the objection as a statement that voter fraud doesn't matter, isn't real, and shouldn't be taken seriously. And a great many of us don't believe that. On the other hand, most if not all of us believe we should not set aside the results of an election just because our candidate may not have prevailed. And so I endeavored to look for door number three, a third option, and for that I looked to history, to the precedent of the 1876 election, the Hayes-Tilden election, where this Congress appointed an electoral commission to examine claims of voter fraud. Five House members, five senators, five Supreme Court justices examined the evidence and rendered a judgment. And what I would urge of this body is that we do the same that we appoint an electoral commission to conduct a 10-day emergency audit. Consider the evidence. Ulysses S. Grant. All the claims. For those on the Democratic aisle who says, say there is no evidence, they've been rejected, then you should rest in comfort. If that's the case, an electoral commission would reject those claims. But for those who respect the voters, simply telling the voters, go jump in a lake, the fact that you have deep concerns is of no moment to us, that jeopardizes, I believe, the legitimacy of this and subsequent elections. The Constitution gives to Congress the responsibility this day to count the votes. The framers knew what they were doing when they gave responsibilities to, to Congress. We have a responsibility and I would urge that we follow the precedent of 1877. The Electoral Count Act explicitly allows objections such as this one for votes that were not regularly given. And let me be clear, this objection is for the state of Arizona, but it is broader than that. It is an objection for all six of the contested states to have a credible, objective, impartial body hear the evidence and make a conclusive determination. That would benefit both sides. That would improve legitimacy of this election. And so let me urge my colleagues, all of us take our responsibilities seriously. I would urge my colleagues don't take perhaps the easy path, but instead act together. Astonish the viewers and act in a bipartisan sense to say we will have a credible and fair tribunal, consider the claims, consider the facts, consider the evidence, and make a conclusive determination whether and to what extent this election complied with the Constitution and with federal law. Senator from Minnesota. Mr. President, I first would like to say I appreciate uh, the words of our leader, Senator Schumer, 
as well as Senator McConnell's call for a higher calling. January 6th is not typically a day of historical significance for- Nope, don't wanna hear this goofy broad. Thank you, Madam Speaker. And to ease everyone's nerve, I want you to all know that I am not here to challenge anyone to a duel like Alexander Hamilton or Aaron Burr. Madam Speaker, my primary objection to the counting of the electoral <laughs> votes of the state of Arizona is based on the constitution. You, you mean a duel back in the day when they didn't play them little goofy games? The legislature thereof may direct a number of electors and the election clause of the constitution provides state legislatures with explicit authority to prescribe, and I quote, the times, places, and manners of holding elections, end quote. For more than three decades, Arizona law set by the state legislature has required that voter registration end no later than 29 days before an election. This is clear. It is law. Unless amended by the state legislature, this is the way it needs to be carried out. Facts. In Arizona, the deadline for voter registration for the 2020 presidential election was October 5, 2020. Using COVID as a reasoning, Democrats filled a law, filed a lawsuit to extend this deadline by 18 days. And an injunction was made by an Obama-appointed judge preventing the Arizona Secretary of State from enforcing the constitutional deadline set by the state legislature. As a result of this frivolous partisan... Uh, let, let's mute her for a second. Let's mute her for a second. Shout out to Ernest. He said, I don't know Pence is wearing a blue tie. Man, Pence is compromised. Pence is compromised, y'all. Pence is compromised. I know y'all don't want to hear that, but Pence is compromised. Period. This is this is what I warned about. I said, do not wait until the last minute. I said, do not wait until the last minute. Okay? Do not wait until the last minute because this is the type of goofiness to go on. So rich, so soon as they start the session, already the goofiness started. Already the goofiness started. And by the way, welcome to the Street Conservative. Um, This show will be no different than any other show. Make sure you hit the link, support the channel. You can do so by going to Cash App, dollar sign, The Angry Man. Make the Cash App ring during the stream. So far we've had, so far we've had like three people, three people on the Cash App, I think three people in the Super Chat. So, Support the show just like you would any other day. We're going we gonna to delve into this. We're going to see how long it's going to take them to debate Arizona. Um, the amount of time they take to debate that one state, you know, might be an indication of whether or not it's going it's gonna go good or not. But me personally, I feel like Trump should have did. He should have used some executive powers um, a long time ago. Like... Pence is obviously compromised. And you could tell from the very beginning, from the offset, you got Pelosi coming in there talking about some, well, we're only going to have 11 people on the floor for each side. And they objected to that. 
And so they increased the number to 25. But if you notice during that, you had one of the, uh, one of the, um, I think one of the senators asked Pence, if only 11 people are gonna be allowed on the floor, how, how will someone make an object, objection if they're in the gallery and they're not on the floor? Instead of Pence answering that question, he cites one of the parliamentary procedures and says that debate is not allowed. Like, what? And the guy said, well, uh, Mr. President, I'm not debating. I'm merely asking you, how do we follow the instructions you just gave when it comes to objecting if we're not on the floor? So number one, they're already using the pandemic yet again. If, if the freaking pandemic was an orange, oh my God, they've squeezed every single drop out of this thing. They, they've squeezed every drop. Mr. Shawnee, appreciate you. James T, appreciate you. They've squeezed every drop out of this pandemic. So already they're trying to interfere with people objecting by only having a limited amount of people on the floor, right? Which they didn't follow that same rule when it came time to vote for her. From what I understand on Sunday, they even had people showing up there that had the pandemic that was supposed to be quarantining to, to ensure her victory, right? So, you know, it's like, oh, we can follow the rules. They're using the rules of the whole pandemic thing as a way to either run interference or, or get some sort of advantage, right? So then you got to ask yourself, why is Pence, why is Pence, why does he have this attitude? If you, if you go back and look at it, at the very beginning of it, he had a freaking attitude. Well, we're not doing, we're not debating. And it's like, bro, I'm not asking you, I'm not trying to debate. I'm trying to ask you, how are we supposed to object if only a limited amount of people are in, allowed on the floor? Uh, as I stated before, you're not allowed to debate. Pence is done, y'all. Pence is done. Pence is done. Pence is done. <laughs> I know y'all don't want to hear that. I know y'all don't want to hear that, but Pence is done. <laughs> Shout out to TK117. Appreciate you. Shout out to Brian Douglas. Appreciate you. Shout out to Rashad. He said, at this point, I feel everyone in our government is compromised. Uh, maybe not everyone, but a large percentage. Was elected the 46th president of the United States. He clearly was. The people of Arizona, like so much of the country, spoke clearly and resoundingly. They voted in record numbers. And over 81 million Americans selected Joe Biden as the next president. Now, today, no Trump electors from swing states in this chamber. There's just Biden electors. Second, legislatures from the swing states, they've already spoken. They've made their decision. They've chosen not to send us alternative electors. That's a lie. Third, a commission? Really? It's completely impractical, and we all know it. With 14 days to go, 
before a constitutionally mandated inauguration? That's a lie, they did But look at it this way. If the objectors are right, and it really is Congress's job to, to sit in judgment on the worthiness of the state's electoral processes, then what's the criteria for acceptable election processes? What investigations have been conducted of these processes? What body has deemed... And now you know why, back in the day, you would have congressmen that would challenge other congressmen to a duel. Because it would get so jacked up that dudes would be like, you know what, forget all of this debating. Why don't we step outside and, and we'll see who really is about that action. Why don't we just go ahead and step outside? Like, this is goofy. They're trying to sit up here and pretend like we did not see them send alternate electors. You see, and, and you know what they're counting on? They're counting on the fact that the vast majority of the American people only watch mainstream media. Because if you only watch mainstream media, then you will think that. You will think that. As we speak right now, Georgia, their uh, 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 state legislator, want to decertify. Pennsylvania, calling for a special session. Like, this is goofy. They, they are blatantly lying to the American people. Blatantly. Blatantly. So they'd abolish the Electoral College, as many of our colleagues would like to do. And the end of the Electoral College, of course, means the nation will be governed by a handful of big blue states and regions that can drum up very large numbers. Mr. President, the Constitution does not assign to Congress the responsibility to judge the worthiness of state election processes nor its adherence to its rules. That's the responsibility of the states and the courts. Let me conclude with this. I voted for President Trump. I publicly endorsed President Trump. I campaigned for President Trump. I did not want Joe Biden to win this election. But there's something more important to me than having my preferred candidate sworn in as the next president. And that's to have the American people's chosen candidate sworn in as the next president. A fundamental defining feature of a democratic republic is the right of the... Uh-oh. What happened? What happened? What happened? Is the threshold legal question before us, and it's an issue before us for the state of Arizona. We got to repeat this for emphasis because a lot of people seem to be confused. Because judges and not, and not the state, state legislature, legislature changed, changed the rules, rules of the election, election. Arizona, Arizona clearly violated the plain language of Article 2, Section 1 of the Constitution, Constitution and its select presidential, presidential electors. electors. The framers, the framers of our Constitution recognize that elections were susceptible to corruption. We all know that. So how did they fix it? How did they provide for that? They created the Electoral College as a safeguard, and they expressly empowered state legislatures to ensure the integrity of our unique election system. Only the state legislatures, because they're a full body of representatives and not rogue officials, were given the authority to direct the manner Shout out to Rhett Navy, said longtime listener, first time donator. Appreciate you. Article 2, Section 1, Clause 2, quote, the appointment of these electors is thus placed absolutely and wholly with the legislatures of the several states. That authority can never be taken away or abdicated. 
The Arizona legislature did enact detailed rules and procedures that that state was... Mr. Zeke, you said putting in work. I see you, bro. Appreciate you. The months preceding the 2020 election, as we've heard, and by the way, a thousand pages of evidence have just been submitted on the facts on this, those well-established rules and procedures were deliberately changed. They weren't changed by the legislature, friends. They were changed by judges. And those actions taken by the judiciary were not limited to mere interpretations of existing law. No, they, they were substantive, wholesale changes to those statutes. That's a usurpation of the authority that the legislature had. That usurpation was repeated across the country this year. It, it, it's, um, it's the primary reason, it's one of the reasons why the election of 2020 became riddled with an unprecedented number of serious allegations of fraud and irregularities all over the country. National polls, it's been said, indicate that a huge percentage of Americans now have serious doubts about not just the outcome of this presidential contest, but also the future reliability of our election system itself. Since we're convinced, since we are convinced that the election laws in Arizona and some other key states were changed in this unconstitutional manner, we have a responsibility today. The slates of electors produced under those modified laws are thus unconstitutional. They are, quote, not regularly given or lawfully certified as required by the federal, uh, the Electoral Count Act. And uh, they're invalid on their face. That's just the, the conclusion that you have to reach. Given these inescapable facts, we believe we have no choice today but to vote to sustain objections to those slates of electors. Mr. Raskin and others today have cited the 12th Amendment, and they, they, they cite Article 2, Section 1, Clause 3. Remember that, Clause 3, and they've asserted that Congress has only one narrow role today. We're just supposed to count the electoral votes that have been submitted. But those advocates have overlooked a critical first principle. The, their assertion is, is only true so long as Congress first is convinced that the electoral votes that are produced by a process that, that uh, violated the Constitution uh, is there. They, we got to get through Clause 2 of Article 2, Section 1, before we get to Clause 3 is the point. Look, in our unique system, Congress is positioned as the last bulwark in a, in a presidential election to ensure the Constitution has been followed. Indeed, in just two decades, just two decades ago, the Supreme Court spoke to this. They plainly acknowledged this important deliberative role of Congress. It was the famous Bush v. Gore litigation that everybody remember, remembers from 2000. In a per curiam opinion, meaning all nine justices, it was unanimous. They noted strict adherence to the provisions of the Electoral Count Act may, quote, create a safe harbor for a state insofar as congressional consideration of its electoral votes is concerned. However, they said, unanimously, the court said, since Title III, Section 5 contains a principle of federal law that would assure finality of the state's determination if they followed all the prescriptions there, if a legislature, uh, the will of the legislature is, tried to, is, is uh, attempted to be changed by a state court, that is a problem. That, they said, Congress might deem to be a change in the law. That's precisely why we're here right now. Go read Bush v. Gore and you'll see this. Uh, Chief Justice uh, William Rehnquist and uh, Scalia and Thomas joined in a, in a concurring opinion eight days later and they reiterated this point. A significant departure from the legislature scheme for appointing presidential electors presents a federal question. It's a big problem for us and it's one we cannot get around. That's why we're here. I urge my colleagues today to look at the facts to follow the law and follow our congressional oath. We're supposed to support and defend the Constitution. Shout out to Gore. He said, let's go, AM. This day go down in history. You right about that? Shout out to Dog Power. For what purpose does the gentleman from Arizona, the dean of the Arizona delegation, seek recognition? Thank you, uh, Madam Speaker. I, I, I rise in opposition uh, to the objection. And the... Uh, uh,
the uh the patriots have stormed the capital so apparently the natives are getting restless out there but let's go into this electoral count act of 1877 uh press one in here if you read my article on it that i dropped last night did anybody read the article anybody did anybody read the article yay nay yes no maybe so Ha, my man Ray read that joint. Appreciate you, Ray. So, you had the goofiness of the 1876 um, election, okay? Which was between um, Rutherford B. Hayes and Samuel Tilden. Rutherford B. Hayes, Republican, Samuel Tilden, Democrat. So, very close election. This election was um, about 20 years after the Civil War. So you're still dealing with Reconstruction. Reconstruction is, you know, the uh, occupation of the South by Union soldiers um, to try to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation and, and numerous other things, right? So you had these two in, in an election uh, uh, race, right? And you had a lot of the same stuff going on. Now, at the time, the Republicans, they wanted to continue the occupation of the South to guarantee that the rights of African-Americans or black Americans was not infringed upon. The Democrats, however, on the other side of the fence, they were like, no, we need to go back to the Southern states maintaining their own governance. This occupation of, uh, you know, the Republicans or the, the, the union uh, soldiers, which most were Republicans, um, occupying the South, it's, it's going on long enough. We need to go back to the states, you know, governing themselves, right? Now, the only problem is the Republicans understood that if they did that without finishing the, 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 the establishment of Reconstruction, you might have problems where people try to revert back to the way it was during slavery and things of that nature. And you did. You did have that happen, right? So... When they had the when they when they did their uh, uh, campaigning or whatever, you had a bunch of goofiness going on. You had um, in the South, you had what was called the Mississippi Plan, where you would have uh, red shirts and white shirts, which were their modern day. Well, back then, that's what we would consider Antifa and Black Lives Matter right now. So what they were doing is they were going around intimidating people from voting and they, and this was a demo, this was something that was created by the Democrats, right? So they knew that they were having a like serious problem or whatever, right? But anyway, 
there, there was even little, there was even a, a model that the Democrats had, which was Tilden or blood. In other words, they're saying either Tilden's going to get elected or we're going to, we're going to snap out. Right? So the race was a close race. Um, Tilden won the popular vote. I think 51%. Hayes won the um, electoral college. The only problem was that Tilden won all of the southern states with the exception of, uh, I want to say, Louisiana, Florida, and South Carolina. And the problem with that was the Democrats were arguing that those 19 electoral college votes should have went to Tilden because the only reason that Hayes won those three states is because those three states were occupied by Union soldiers, right? They were occupied by the Republicans. So you had the, 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 the conflicting results being sent kind of similar to right now, right? So they were arguing that those were contested. You also had, so you had 19 electoral votes that Hayes would have needed to secure his victory. They were saying, no, those votes should go to uh, Tilden. There also was another electoral vote, one more electoral vote that came from somewhere else. I forget where it came from, but it was from a a rogue elector or something like that. So it ended up being 20 electoral votes, right? So they were arguing, you know, during the counting of it or whatever. And so it, it was a big mess. And so just like Ted Cruz just did a second ago, Ulysses S. Grant said, okay, you know what? This is what we're going to do. Let's have a... Hold on, what are they doing? Uh-oh, uh-oh. ...cannot occur except with odds so rare and unlikely that winning the Mega Millions lottery is more probable. Uh, Madam, uh, uh, Mr. Speaker, can I have order in the chamber? The House will be in order. The house will be in order. Okay. The house will be in order. The house will be in order. He said, we got action. Members will take their seats. The house will be in order. Okay. We can get order. We can resume. 
Okay, so Ulysses S. Grant suggests that they create a neutral electoral commission to figure out what they're going to do. This commission, there was a bunch of shenanigans with that. There was a bunch of shenanigans with that. You know, ultimately what ended up happening is for a vote of, I think, eight to seven they voted to give those 20 electoral college votes to Hayes, which would make him president. The only problem was the Democrats, they didn't want to accept that. So they threatened to filibuster, right? So what ends up happening in order to secure Hayes' victory as president, they have a meeting in, in some hotel, you know, a, a backroom meeting where basically... Hayes kind of sold his soul to the devil, basically saying, okay, well, you know what? The Democrats were like, I tell you what, we'll allow this. We'll allow this. Yeah, they done, they done shut it down. House, the house is in recess, subject to the call of the chair. So, yeah, they got action. There's, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of you know what going on up there. So, yeah, because it's, it's, it's getting thick. It's getting thick. The American people, like, they're standing up there talking all that goofiness about the American people this and the American people that and the American people, the American people, the American people are outside the door, bruh. And, and they're not far from the torches and the pitchforks. Like, y'all are bugging. Y'all are bugging trying to shove this crap down everybody's throat. They're not going to accept it. They're not going to accept it. They've waited and waited and waited for you to do the right thing. And now they're like, okay, you know what? Uh-uh. 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 But getting back to the, uh, 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 the whole thing. So what ended up happening is Rutherford B. Hayes, went into a deal with Tilden. And the deal was this. The Democrats would agree to accept that Hayes was president if he agreed to withdraw the Union soldiers from the South and allow those states to go back to running their states the way they want to run those states, of course, under the Constitution or whatever. But... They want to run their own states. Let's 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 end all of this crap and let's go back to normal, right? So they agreed to that. And what ensued after that is after that, that ended Reconstruction. The Union soldiers were withdrawn from the southern states, and the states went back to doing what they want to do, you know, within the within the confines of the Constitution. So you still had the Emancipation Proclamation, which freed black people, but because the South was still raw and sore about what happened, and because the Union soldiers were no longer there to enforce anything, this is when you see the rise of Jim Crow. This is when you see the rise 
of the KKK and things of that nature, which all of that was a demo, all of that was, was democratic ideas, just so you know. So what you're seeing right now happening is the same exact thing that happened back then, very similar. You know, Democrats playing their little dirty tricks or whatever. Um, the Republicans trying their best to be a voice for the people, right? But at the same time with Hayes, you had Republicans that were willing to make goofy deals in order to get whatever they wanted. So you, you still have the same type of thing going on. You still have the same type of thing going on. The same type of uh, silliness. Yeah, they running out of there. They running out of there because the people don't, let, let's see what's going on with the people. Let's see if we can find any stream of, yeah, there it go right there. Uh, the, uh, the Capitol building has been, uh, well, it's been breached. We don't know all the information, but they are now in recess and we're trying to find out more. Our team is headed back to the hotel. Uh, to get to safety, um, we have uh, several teams across D.C. today, uh, so we're trying to um, uh, get to safety there, and I'm working to find out more, but um, there's unfortunately nothing else I can show you here. We'll keep this screen up until hopefully uh, the session comes back into order. Um, be careful what you believe and what you see. Make sure you verify, trust, and verify all sources before you see anything. Is my advice and stay safe and God bless America. So that's the reason why they were running. Yo, that's the reason why they were running up out of there. <laughs> they was hauling butt. Yo. You know what? Let's get, let's see. Shout out to CJ, appreciate you. Shout out to Bobby, appreciate you. Look, man, we need 10 people to hit the cash app. If we get 10 people to hit the cash app, we gonna move this over to DLive so we can really get into it. I thought that was a, when I heard that dude yelling, I said, that's not one of the senators. That's somebody from outside that's then got up in there. You do not have enough look. Oh man, this, this is about to get, this is about to get good. We, we need to go, we need to go to D-Live, bro. <laughs> we need to go to D-Live, bro. You guys hit the link, support the show, man. So we can go over to D-Live and get into this for real. Donald, appreciate you. That's one. Killian Z. He said, let's get it on D-Live. Appreciate you. 
Mr. Zeke, appreciate you. That's three, four. Let's see. Hold on, Mr. Zeke, he said another one for D-Live. Sean said, go to D-Live. <laughs> Shakedown said, let's go. Tank said, D-Live, my ninja. Mr. Jackson said, let's go, Bobby. Oh, you know what? Let's get it. We going to D-Live. Get to the chopper. Later, stating its intent to review the issues on January 11th. Our governor has refused to allow the state to properly convene to do its proper oversight. Madam Speaker, Mr. Speaker, I ask you one question today. Are you a ceremonial figurehead in your... Let's go to D-Live. I'm going to see y'all over there in just one second. You feel me? So y'all already know what it is. I'm going to shout out everybody once we get over there. Y'all already know what it is so we can really get into it. See y'all over there in a second. 